0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my channel. My name is Stassi. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have Mimi back here today. Welcome Hello to the Real again. Life with Stassi podcast.
1: I know. It's fantastic. I love that it's a new kind of podcast. I'm
0: so excited about this series. Like, I should probably focus more on my real life, literally, haha, being called real life. Um, But like I just love filming these podcasts and, you know, talking about real life matters. Uh, obviously, today we're going to talk about a very uh, sensitive subject. Uh infertility.
1: Mm.
0: Uh-huh. I almost almost <laughs> said infidelity. If okay. anybody if listening to this, if I say infidelity by mistake, I'm so sorry. My brain associates infidelity is as in and uh, infertility is the same thing. So I have to really try. So if you hear that, they're like, I thought this podcast is infertility. Not infidelity. It is but infertility. Um, but before we dive in, Mimi, why don't you tell us a little
1: about yourself? Well wow i get really quiet all of a sudden i'm like hmm i <laughs> i am a mom of three uh three teenagers i do catering and events and i work at a school and i play lots of sims in my free time <laughs> uh and i love to sing in my free time and talk to my friends that's that's pretty much the simple the simple i love that
0: i appreciate that. what do you say like what's your favorite type of song to sing
1: you know, I like emotional ballads. Mm-hmm. I do. I love like my favorite part, right? My favorite part, my favorite song right now is um, that part. And I feel like it's going to be, and I can't remember the name of the singer. I feel like it's going to be like the wedding song of the year. Um, It's Lauren Spencer Smith. Okay. That's, that's one of my favorite songs right now. Like I'll blast it in my car over and over again and just sing to it. It's, it's great.
0: Oh my god! Okay, the next time you do karaoke, I want video. I want to hear your singing voice.
1: You may hear it on my Instagram channel eventually. Eventually, <sighs> it depends.
0: Well, it's- I I cannot wait for that to come one day because I hate I love I'm jealous of anybody that can sing. I sound like a cat dying on the side of the room <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> It is a visual. I think I was- right
0: I think I can <laughs> sing, but I'm like oh I can't sing <laughs> but um I mean I think we should definitely dive into this topic anybody listening to this that's currently going through struggles of trying to get pregnant or uh failed pregnancy I would like to put a trigger warning in here these are very sensitive topics that we will be talking about but um as we all know these are topics that we do need to talk about so if you are um Triggered by any type of uh, lost pregnancy or, uh, in oh, almost an infidelity, <laughs> that too, uh, infertility, uh, please, uh, uh, oh, please listen to this with an open heart. So, uh, Mimu, talk to me about infertility,
1: uh, infertility, uh, you know, I think that there are, well, maybe for some people there's pros and cons to infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience is mixed. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I feel like now at the point I'm at, it's not the biggest issue. But that's just because I we went through a lot and we were lucky enough in our infertility journey to end up with three amazing kids. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was a a lot to get there. Um disheartening. It can be very disheartening. Um, as a woman like we were talking about before, you you have a world that's always telling you you know, like a lot of these what they call what do they call them trad wives which I think is kind of weird because like I feel like any wife is a is a wife in their yeah. traditional sense but you have a lot of people who are like oh you know your most important role as a woman is to be a mom and to be a homemaker and to do all these things and considering the fact that there are so many women who struggle with infertility mm-hmm. and can't do that I feel like it's very hard because you do feel very incomplete when you have a world telling you that that's what makes you complete. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I feel like there's different sides of it. Like where my infertility situation is straightforward in a sense. A lot of people's isn't like my sister, she doesn't technically have infertility issues, Mm -hmm. but she's never been pregnant. She's never been able to get pregnant, but she also has extreme endometriosis, which causes Uh for her yes. um but you know everybody's is different where with me mine started and I knew that it was going to be an issue by the time I was 15 years old and by the time I was 17 years old I was told that I was never going to have kids so there was a lot going on at that point in time in my life where I really had to decide what I wanted to do or if I was going to make any effort down the road yeah um to get there
0: no, I, I, it, it that's gonna be hard, especially at seventeen to like look you down in the eye and it's like you can't have kids. I know we talked a little bit beforehand, and I really loved, not, I mean, loved your story. I mean, I, no, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't love that you went through that, but I, I liked like you sharing your story. Do you mind sharing with everybody listening? Like, oh, no problem. From start, from starting from the beginning of like, like when you knew
1: there was a problem. So when I was younger. Um, I started going through puberty probably around normal time that most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister, she got her period like when she was 13 and all my friends were getting their periods when they were in seventh grade. Um, and I was the only one who didn't have mine, which was again, very, it was, that's hard, I think as a as a girl because all your friends are talking about how they got their period and this is happening and that's happening. And I kind of was just like, yeah that's that's great I got mine too but I really didn't yeah it felt like you had to and then like my mom took me to her OBGYN at 15 because I still hadn't had a period and the OBGYN there was only so much they could do at that time um they did blood work they checked my pituitary my thyroid the hypothalamus but everything came back fine yeah um I had no I had ovaries I had a uterus but you know they had to do basic ultrasounds at that time because they couldn't do internal at that point um and even like a regular exam was was not happening so in that time in my teenage years the only kind of exam you could get was the other side I'll just I'll be as nice as I can about that um so that's an experience for sure at 15 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um And then by the time I hit 17, I remember in my senior year, the doctor put me on like a combination. It wasn't birth control. It was kind of like birth control, but it was like 30 days of estrogen. And then like the last like seven days was progesterone with it. Okay. That would give me a period. And although I did like shed lining, I did not ovulate. I didn't get a period. It didn't change anything for me. Um, And again, I had kind of gone through portions of puberty. So I was just stuck in that pre-puberty state. Like my body, everything was stuck there. Um, So they started doing more ultrasounds and stuff once I hit 18. Still couldn't find a reason. And they just told me when I was 17 that I just wasn't going to have, I I wasn't going to be able to have kids. They didn't have a reason. There was no underlying cause. Just my parts were there. They didn't work yeah um even the endocrinologists, they couldn't figure out anything at that time so I did leave it at that at that time and I did focus on other things um I went to New York I did Broadway workshops I would you know was doing things that I thought were going to be I guess fulfilling yeah of course um and I came back and although this is a part that I didn't share in my story my ex-boyfriend before Kevin he knew my situation. Um, I was on birth control from, like, 19 until I was, like, 21 because they thought it was important for me to shed my uterine lining. Yeah. Because I wasn't doing that on my own. So, what happened was is I would do the birth control, and on that blank week, I would shed uterine lining, but I would not ovulate. Okay. Um, so, what was happening, though, is I would have the same... Menstrual cramp problems as my mom did and my sister did, Mm -hmm. and they were debilitating. Um, so and it was hard actually because when I was 17, it scared me even more because my mom was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer on an emergency room visit. Oh my god, she was hemorrhaging all the time! So, any part of that scared the ever living crap out of me. So, I talked to my doctor and they told me not to do the blank week, so I was just on birth control. And my ex-boyfriend used to tell me that I was the perfect person for someone to cheat with because I couldn't get pregnant. That's the most, like, that's very disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were dating, we were still like, we were in a two-year relationship and that's what he would tell me. Oh, you're perfect for anybody, you know, to cheat with because you won't get, I'm like, that's, that's That's stellar. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, Goodbye. Right, design. like I'm like, mm, yeah, we, we we aren't having this discussion anymore. So, yeah. you know, Kevin and I got together, and he didn't want kids, which I was fine. I mean, I was as fine as I could be because I still wanted kids, but mm-hmm. from everything I had been told, it was just wasn't going to happen. There was mm-hmm. not anything they could do. So, Kevin and I, we started dating, and we got engaged really fast. We got engaged after like five months. Um. And we decided, like, I think we were both feeling like we just wanted to know, like, if we wanted the option, would we have the option? Yeah. So, you know, on any note for the infertility portion, I'll say for the male, like, it was like, a, as it sounds it's like a boost of confidence and like ego boost for Kevin. Because like, he went in and he had his testing done and like, the doctor was like, oh, you've got super swimmers and you've got more of this and dah, 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 than everybody else. And I'm like, seriously, like, this is what we're doing. And like guys can get a big head about that. And I don't blame them. Like if their stuff's working great, I'm giving you an applause, <laughs> 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 but you know, I went in and it, it, depending on what your situation is, because I know that they're all different. Mine just, it was a lot of testing, a lot of invasive testing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying at HSG testing, yep. where you're in the room and they flood your uterus and your fallopian tubes with fluid, and they clamp yep. everything off and leave it there because they want to take X-rays to make sure that your fallopian tubes are wide open. Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm just like I'm literally feeling that in my ovaries right now.
1: Like I I I'm just a picture right right in my throat. Right, you're like. <laughs> 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 so, we um. Ended up at the, this time. So this was two thousand when we started doing fertility. It was two thousand, the end of two thousand and two. Okay. Um, uh, beginning of two thousand and three. So they put me on Reprenex, which, um, as we were talking before, like if your insurance, if you're not with a big company, and you don't have like Stellar Group insurance, even now, and I could be wrong because it's been like fourteen years since I had to do fertility. But even you couldn't, it wouldn't pay for your medication or certain medications. um So the first few rounds of fertility, we did RepRenex, which is a vial, and there's a liquid. And then you take that liquid and you mix it with the, or at least it's a little like tablet, like a powder tablet in a vial. Yeah. And I would have to mix the saline with that. Then Pull it out, and then I'd have to do that to five more vials and then pull it all together. So I was doing five vials of RepRenex a day, um, at $46 a pop. Um, it's a lot of money, yeah, it is. Um, I can tell you honestly, in between 2003 and 2008, we probably, and thankfully, my parents were extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. And they were a big help when it came to costs because within that time frame we probably spent almost twenty thousand dollars on infertility medication alone. Yeah. Nothing else. Um now the first time we did the fertility, it worked really well once they got the dose. And I did get pregnant with triplets which was dangerous for me um, in the sense that my uterus is not average size. It's like half the normal size. um. So, and there was issues when they did the ultrasound that they thought that there was going to be a problem. And a few weeks down the road, like into week eight, we did have to make the decision on whether to terminate the pregnancy because of the risks that were involved. Yeah. Um. Which with infertility, anybody who's suffering with it or is going through it or has gone through it, finding out that you actually got pregnant after being told for years that you would never have kids was so elating. But to have to make a decision two months later to terminate a pregnancy because of your own health risks yeah, is very disheartening. And I actually, later on, and it was probably nine or 10 months later, when we went into doing fertility again, um. My doctor made me go see a psychologist and get a letter, mm-hmm. you know, stating that I understood the mental tolls and things going on with pregnancies. Um. So I want to say this was two thousand and four, and we went through and we did a round and it didn't work out, and then we did another round and it did work out, but very early in, I started having spotting and bleeding. Yeah. Um, so I ended up having to go to the ER and my doctor ended up having to do a DNC because um. it was what they called a blighted ovum. Um, oh. I had two. And a blighted ovum is like where the development starts, but it doesn't continue. So it's like an empty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after that, we took a three year break. We Mm -hmm. just, we couldn't do it. It was such a mental toll and so exhausting that, I mean, we fought. I mean, it was, there was no intimacy anymore at this point because everything's scheduled, everything's planned. You know, Mm -hmm. you have somebody telling you when to have sex. You have somebody telling you when you can do this or when you can't do this. And your relationship, no matter how strong it is, I don't care what anybody says. And again, maybe I'm wrong. It will tear you apart yeah if you don't figure out a common ground because when all your life is about is creating a baby you forget about all the other stuff Mm -hmm. you forget about the importance of your relationship with your significant other about the things that you should be doing together uh, or the things you should be experiencing like it disappears and anybody who can get through infertility with their partner I'm gonna I'm congratulating you because it is one of the hardest things that you can do together as as a group and so I we decided my grandparents both had died um my grandfather passed away in 2005 and my grandmother passed away exactly six months to the day after him okay and I took that really hard because I really had wanted my grandparents to be there when I had kids. Uh, yeah. And they were such an intricate part of my life. And after they passed away, I went through a really hard time personally. Um, and Kevin and I made, and although it probably wasn't the right time to do it, we made that very rash decision to like, let's, let's jump into this again and mm-hmm. let's just go for it. But I ended up going to a different doctor. Okay. Um, they put me on a medication that was similar to Repronex, but this was four years later. So it was a little bit lighter and it was called Menopure. Okay. But it was the same concept. Okay. It's still at this point, they still had no underlying cause for my infertility. Mm-hmm. Again, it was just, I had all the parts. I was stuck in a pre-puberty body, but no one could tell me why. Um, So we went in and they went in with the hope that, oh, we won't have to do a lot. And they started with one vial. And I was like, you know, I had to do five vials of RepRenex when I was doing RepRenex. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not the doctor. So it ended up getting to a point where we were on five vials of Menopure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And this was a little different. It was five vials the same way an injection into your abdomen once you got everything ready, Mm -hmm. which again is kind of a toll taker. And if you're Mm -hmm. not comfortable with, poking yourself I got comfortable with it now with our first round of fertility back in like the early 2000s my mother-in-law god love her she'd come over and she would do the shots for me yeah because I would sit there and I would try to do it and I just couldn't do it um but fast forward to 2006 I got used to it yes um and you know we went in and then once Everything was working okay, but it started working too well. So what happens is with the Menopur, any kind of hormone replacement therapy, you run the risk of getting ovarian cysts Mm -hmm. because you're producing so many follicles. And you have to wait for those follicles to get to a specific size before you can do this HCG injection to trigger your ovaries to release the eggs to get in to your business you know um so we went in and we this was our second round with the with the menopure and my doctor was like i'm really sorry she's like but you're developing ovarian cysts she's like and your follicles are just not big enough she's like but you're gonna have to do your hcg shot because they had to release yeah or else i was gonna have problems and i was like well this really freaking sucks you know i've been doing this I'm like I don't I don't I told Kevin I'm like I don't think I can do this again you know I don't but we did the HCG shot we still you know I always feel so weird because I'm like very like weird when it comes to intimacy to start with yeah so so I'm like you know we still had sex we still tried but we didn't really think anything because they already had told us don't expect anything at all Mm -hmm. because we had to do that shot so early but this one was a little different to where two weeks into it you had to do another shot of okay the ADHD, and we ended up I ended up getting pregnant holy shit yeah I I did I ended up getting pregnant not only did I get pregnant but I only got pregnant with one baby and that was mason okay that's my oldest how did and, you feel in that moment?
0: Like, how did you feel after every struggle you've gone through, every invasive test, every dollar you've spent, every fight that you may have had trying to have this baby, you are now pregnant? Like, like were you in disbelief or were you like, oh, my God? Like, I
1: was very panicked because I had gotten pregnant in the past doing the fertility, but both times it did not turn out well. Mm-hmm. But neither one of those times was it just one baby. Yeah. Um, So I was a combination. Like, part of me was like, this can't can't be real. You said that this wasn't going to happen. You said that there was no chance that I was going to get pregnant with this round. And as time went on and I go in for my checkups and my levels were going up and I... So here was the problem, right? So everybody knew at this point that I could get pregnant with the hormone replacement, right? Yeah. But what happens when somebody gets pregnant? Your body starts going through changes. Changes. Yeah. Because you're a fully producing woman, Mm -hmm. your body's going to do what it's supposed to do when you're pregnant. So what they didn't know about me is what was going to happen when I did get pregnant. Okay. My body didn't work on its own when I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. So the funny thing was, is that, my body, when I got pregnant with Mason, it knew what to do. Interesting. It started doing everything that a pregnant woman's body would do. I started, you know, I was tired. I was having cravings. I was getting nauseous. I was getting bigger boobs and they were sensitive. Like I was had, my body was doing, it worked like something clicked on in my body that was doing everything because they thought once I got pregnant, I wouldn't be able to keep a pregnancy because my body doesn't produce anything. So Mm -hmm. it shouldn't technically be able to keep a pregnancy. But somehow it was working and my OBGYN was like, I don't understand what's happening. He's like, but you're a tank. Like my body was like handling pregnancy, like nothing that he had ever seen. Like I didn't have health problems. I didn't have bleeding i didn't have anything going on it was very surreal yeah up until week 31 when i went in for an exam and they could see mason's head pushing up against the inside of oh. my stomach. and i was like oh god this isn't happening like i'm we've gotten this far this isn't happening and i yeah. ended up getting put on bed rest right and got put on bed rest and of course of course in mason fashion he came a week late but because everything is very small and like my pelvic area like when you go through puberty that changes as a woman Mm -hmm. because i didn't go through puberty my pelvic bone and space did not change it was still pre-puberty oh my god so it was like 12 hours of hard labor and then the c-section because i couldn't deliver him naturally
0: no because he would he would have gotten stuck
1: yeah yeah so once i had him within eight weeks every ounce of hormone that had been running in my body was out and depleted and my body reverted back to the pre-puberty thing it was doing i put on like 30 pounds it was insane. Like my body was just like, Oh, okay, there's no baby in there. Let's just go right back to what it was doing, which was nothing. Huh. Um, and then because of having Mason and not having the hormones to get everything back to where it needed to be. Yeah, I started getting a lot of abdominal problems, a lot of abdominal pains, I ended up in the hospital a lot. And when Mason was about six months old, my OBGYN said i hate to say this but if you and kevin want to try to have any more kids he's like i'm just gonna say to you right now it's time to fish or cut bait yeah because they wanted to do a full hysterectomy mm-hmm. because my parts weren't working and they were just there and they were doing nothing but causing problems because they weren't working yeah um so we did fast forward our our choice we weren't going to have any more kids right away we wanted to wait until mason was a toddler you know at least but here we were he was not even a year old and we were jumping right back into fertility oh my god yeah so that like is another thing with infertility sometimes you get forced in a position especially if you want to have more than one child if you're having a lot of issues getting pregnant sometimes you do get forced into that and so we started and like things weren't working out like they did with mason we did have like two rounds that just didn't work out and like we could only afford really to do one more round and and that was what we did Mm -hmm. and it was the same role it was menopure five vials a day and i did that for about 12 days so and I think at that time the appear was like $58 a vial. So um
0: so we're we're going to do quick math here just so everybody listening cuz I'm trying to okay so you, you did 5 vials a day for yes, 12 days.
1: For 12 50, days.
0: For 58 bucks.
1: Yeah. $58 per vial.
0: That was that's $3,480. Yes. That's a lot of money.
1: Like my insurance covered my hCG shot which was lovely, <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't cover the rest. So that was a little, a uh, little hard. Um, but like with the twins, I did, I did end up third round. We got lucky again mm-hmm. and I got pregnant with Liam and Noah. Yeah. Um, Again, my body kicked into overload and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. No one can still understand why, but it did what it was supposed to Um, with them it was a lot harder because it was a multiple pregnancy and my uterus is half the size and we had minor issues with mason no one really knew what was going to happen so like the first like 18 weeks of that pregnancy it was a guessing game what was going to happen if my hormones were going to stay where they needed to what were we going to do because i was in the hospital i'm not i kid you not every week with the twins because i was dehydrated and I was, like, my ketones were bad, and my whole body was just, they were sucking everything out of my body. I had nothing else to give, Mm -hmm. Um, and at, like, 21 weeks, I got put on full bed rest with them because I had a lot of problems, so here's the, the part about, they sent us in for what they call non-stress tests and NST every Saturday when I was pregnant with them, and I remember for, like, The last eight weeks, I kept saying to them, it's just really painful. It's a lot more painful than I remember. I said, I can't even move my legs. I couldn't even move my legs. I couldn't open my legs. I couldn't roll over in bed. I couldn't do anything. And they were like, well, you're just not used to having a pregnancy with two babies. Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to 35 weeks into my pregnancy, which I can't even believe I got that far with twins, especially with infertility problems. And one of the main concerns was, is my uterus going to be able to do what it needs to do with the infertility? It turns out with the twins, it was not able to do what it needed to do. And my doctor sent me to the hospital that day and they did an emergency C-section because my uterus was so stretched out that the oh doctor said he could read a newspaper through it.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So I would have ruptured because my uterus couldn't handle it. And then like at that point, my doctor said, I don't think any pregnancies are going to be smart after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now here we go. We fast forward to now level 44 in life. My kids are 14, 14, and 15. I still struggle with problems because of the infertility, and my body's doing like weird things now at 44 because of it that I wasn't doing when I was a teenager. Like, because of the infertility and no hormones, it's almost like my body's going some weird pre puberty again. Like, really? do not get a period, but I've been in the hospital twice now because of an ovarian cyst but I don't produce It's a follicular cyst oh but I God. don't produce eggs so I don't know how I have a follicular cyst. cyst yeah um so this is news like I'm not sure like my hair went from straight to curly not sure how uh, <laughs> but like they they still like now it's like they want me to go to an endocrinologist because it's been 14 years and there's more like things that you can learn about it and Mm -hmm. you know is it possible that there was endometriosis but they never had seen that it's just my case of infertility was just there was no answer now after the twins those hormones left my body and it was crazy like when I was pregnant with them I lost 20 pounds because they had literally lived off of me yeah But my, again, my hormones that were working for pregnancy ceased to exist, and I blew up by, like, 30 pounds. I started having pains in my abdomen again, and what they don't warn, too, is hormone replacement isn't just a toll physically on your body. The mental toll that it puts you through
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is insane, and I say this as candidly as possible that when you have those problems they will compound and compound and the physical problems you have then roll into like mental situation that you have and you do start to question a lot of things like should I have had kids like was there a reason why I wasn't able to have them without help you know like everybody's like, oh, it's God's plan. I used to hear it all the time. Like, oh, well, you know, it's God's plan. But if it was God's plan, then why are there scientists? And then why can people do fertility? You know, like, you know, it's a very back and forth battle with that. But even up until the twins got into like two, I battled it all the time. I would doubt myself as a mom because I didn't have them without help. It wasn't like Kevin and I like, just got pregnant one day, or, you know, oops, you know, I'm pregnant, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, so anytime, like, I think it makes you overly obsessive, Mm -hmm. to a point, because I'll be candid when I say that when the kid, when the twins were, like, three years old, I ended up in a mental hospital, because they thought I had all these issues mentally, but it was hormonally that I had the problems with, and for years i was on a multitude of mental health medications when it was a problem with my hormones that yeah. no one still has figured out
0: see what irks me in all this is there's not enough testing when it comes to women medicine if it was if males couldn't get pregnant or if they if they were getting pregnant and they couldn't it the cure would be in a fucking vending machine they would yeah. be protesting. They'd be writing. Like, they're, they'd be like, like it's the man. Like, we, we got to do but women. It's like, oh, well, you're
1: fine. Like, it's not yeah, that and, and, bad. You know, it's, always, it's always the plan, right? It's always a plan. But yeah. here's the kicker. The infertility problem I have, right? If you research it, it comes up in men. Yeah. Not in, not in women. Like, women usually have it because of underlying reasons. And I don't have any of the underlying reasons the kicker to it is for a male having the problem I have. Yeah. They just have to do hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. And then they're, they get testosterone and they do do the couple of things they need to do and they're, they're golden, right? They're like, they're good. They're good. Yeah. But like mental, like they don't think like with women, it's always, Oh, well, you know, it was, you know, that maybe you're just meant to, you know, adopt or, you know, oh. there's so many, I heard that too, like there's, and I, and I agree, there are hundreds of thousands of children in this world that yes. need homes. Absolutely. However, if you are someone who has always wanted to be, and again, I think that adopted parents, all those, I, that's a whole yeah. podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that they are just as much a parent as absolutely who, like, biologically is. i mean my stepfather is my dad even though he didn't biologically make me yeah. um but they don't think about how it affects the woman like it's always like mm-hmm. oh i'm so sorry that you're you know your wife can't have babies oh, really like yep like so what's he supposed to do like dump his wife because she can't have kids
0: what is this like game of thrones
1: era right off with, like, off with her head she it wouldn't kids. be like, how wrong would it be if you saw somewhere in the news, wife leaves her husband because he couldn't give her babies? Oh my god. You know? Yeah,
0: that would never happen. No, it wouldn't.
1: No. But you would damn sure hear about it, you know, if it was like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be, no. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, men are all the time like, oh, they're just uh, procreating. And I'm not, I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound sexist. Because like my, like Kevin, like, he yeah, was yeah. like, Like, like I said, he got a huge ego when we went in to start infertility, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, another thing that isn't talked about with infertility, and it's not just with women, because, like, we could talk forever about the infertility situation when it comes to women and how it affects us, but one thing that I do think, and this is the only area I feel that they don't discuss enough for men, Mm -hmm. And not when they're infertile, because I know that that is really hard for men, too. Yep. I, I can only imagine it's got to be just as hard for a male as it is for a woman. Um, But they don't talk about how going through infertility with your wife effect, or your significant other, however you're doing it, mm-hmm. affects the male. Like, how yeah. is it affecting them? Like, everybody's like, oh, you're going through so much as a woman. Oh, you have to do this. Oh, you have to do that. But. No one through our infertility challenge ever said to Kevin, how are you doing? Like, how is this affecting you? How is it affecting your relationship? How is it affecting anything in your life? You know, because his mom would always be, oh, you know, they don't have to have kids, you know, they could be fine without them. But if it were her daughter in that situation, it would have been a completely different story. Mm hmm. So it I feel like that is a portion that does get kind of disregarded, but like another thing too is that there isn't I can't imagine that here we are in two thousand twenty three and they don't have more answers for women with problems. yes, isn't it like sixty seven percent of the female population in America has infertility problems mm-hmm. and that's that's amazing to me because what is causing the problems yeah my my personal like with me I think that it could have been something that was triggered on a like on a level as a child maybe because you can like and maybe I just haven't found the unlock for it or maybe I am finding it in my 40s and that's why I'm having such body changes but
0: (laughs) I'm but maybe through... you're because you could be potentially going through early menopause.
1: Well, technically and have been it, in early menopause since I'm 15. That's okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that's so. I guess that's true. Here's like the side for the infertility. Like when I got ran over by my vehicle, right? Because of my infertility problems and because of the hormone problems, yeah, my bones are like a preteen, so they they're bendy. Oh, so when I got ran over. Where the doctor said it would have been better if my femurs would have snapped, which I don't find that that would be more pleasant, but he no. said that that would have been better. When the vehicle ran over my legs, my femurs bent. Hmm. So that caused more of a problem than yeah. having they snap. So there are like my whole body at 28 years old, I was already diagnosed with um, osteopenia. Um, Because I don't have estrogen in my body. I don't produce any of that stuff. So bone-wise and body-wise, I am, I mean, like, it's ridiculous, but I am perpetually a preteen. And even, like, my attitude and my mood swings are very much associated with what you would go through when you're in pre-puberty because my body is stuck somewhere between pre-puberty and pre-menopause. That's a huge variant. Yes, Yes. (laughs) it is very, it's like night sweats, but my hair is curling, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I can tell you, I, and, and I say this as somebody who struggled with the infertility all my life, I have taken more pregnancy tests in the last three years than I ever took doing fertility because my body is going through such weird changes because of the infertility and hormone problems.
0: Which is crazy. Uh, but maybe I wanna I wanna thank you for sharing everything with me and thank you for sharing your experiences. And you know, like we like we need to talk about it. Um I haven't gone to anything like that crazy. Uh when me and Jason first started dating, I knew uh he really wanted kids. Like yeah. that was like like he took me to a bookstore on our third date and he told me he's like, I used to buy I I he bought books like oh. kids books so one day he could read them to his oh. child um at that point i was like i don't want kids like i was 23 years are, old. Like, the
1: opposite of us
0: yeah because <laughs> well he was he was he's 3 years older than me so he was 26 i was 23 i had just lost lex so like it was just a completely um like i was not like i was not in the, the mindset but i like i took the steps right away of being like okay like can i even have a kid Like, is that even in the realm? Because if I can't have a kid, I can't be with this man because I will never want him to look at me 30 years down the line and hate me because I couldn't give him what he wanted.
1: Which I think is normal for anybody in that that position, even though I feel like I don't think he would have felt that way, but I can understand that. I mean, you don't want to be the cause or what right? you think is the cause of someone losing what they always wanted. It,
0: exactly. I didn't want him. Cause like, like I, at the end of, cause like I always wanted to be a mom um, yeah. when I was with my first boyfriend, like I was like my goal kind of like, you know, you said like, I, like when you were a kid, like you wanted to be a working mom. I never had like, I, I have step siblings, but no, like really siblings of my own, but I have like step nieces. I, I got yeah. really close to them and I like, I I wanted to be a mom and, um, unfortunately, my ex took that away from me and then I wanted to claim it back, but I was just so scared of having another miscarriage, and then it happened. I used to say to him, Jason, all the time, I'm like, I don't know if I can have another miscarriage, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then I had one. And I didn't think I was ever gonna smile again after that. The last it sucks one. your soul out. It it's really it sucks does. your soul. And Like we kept it as secret as possible. Like we didn't tell anybody. We were just really into like newly dating. Like we were like about two years into dating. Like I was 25. He was, no, I was 24. He would have been 27. And like, we just didn't say anything. Like I'm like, my family knew we told his family like a couple of years later, but like, it was just like, it felt like a hidden secret to me it's
1: hard that to share i and because we shared obviously with our families new yeah and one part that was really hard was when i had gotten pregnant the second time um my sister-in-law was pregnant both my Mm -hmm. sister-in-laws were pregnant actually yeah and my one sister-in-law like really just wouldn't talk to me and i said to her you know you don't have to feel uncomfortable talking to me because yeah what happened and this was like an eye-opener for me she blatantly said to me it has nothing to do with your feelings this is about mine she didn't want to talk to me because she was pregnant and talking to me upset her too much Uh. so she didn't want to talk to me after going through that so in a sense I see like if we could have kept those a secret I would have yeah yeah I mean, like, I understand, like, it feels like such a dirty secret that you have. Yeah. But the amount of, I don't know, I don't even know the right, like, it's not even empathy that you get from people. It's Mm -hmm. people feeling sorry for you. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, can you imagine, like, I can't imagine, no, you can't imagine the pain that that causes. It's insurmountable Mm -hmm. to anything because regardless of what stage you are in pregnancy, it's still something that you and somebody you love created together. Yes. And And also in that point, a lot of people don't think about the men in that situation either. Right
0: um it's it's fascinating that you say that so we like when we moved to kitchener like four years ago we didn't really have anybody here we didn't know any friends but jason made friends with a a lovely kitchener couple um we literally first them as our kitchener friends and um he i i've actually i've never told them my story i've I've kept it really quiet just because i don't like talking i know i talk about on this podcast all the time but like talking about it to people i see more often versus nameless faces who listen to a podcast is different in my personal opinion
1: because what people it's out of sight out of mind yeah right? like you know that a lot of people are listening people are getting information and they're they're learning or they're getting this or that but you're not one-on-one with them yeah
0: exactly right so there
1: you don't feel the judgment or the judgment you presume I think that you feel when you're talking to somebody yeah about it, those things it,
0: well, exactly right because as soon as you say someone like you've had a miscarriage I, I know you see you can literally see the person's face you're telling mm-hmm. like it just goes like sad and they don't know what to say so it's like, like sad to shocked to like, like... oh like <laughs> like do, do I say sorry it's not my fault like do, like, do I ask how they're doing that they said it was years ago so I guess they're fine like it's just it's it's so awkward but um that like the, uh, the uh, josh the uh her uh, Rebecca's boyfriend uh had a um he his his former girlfriend was pregnant with twins but one didn't make it
1: okay
0: so he went to like trauma counseling for people that have had miscarriages and talking about like his experience of like being the dad because like you kind of said before like no one talks about the guy because the guy because you're the man, you know. Because you're the man, like you're,
1: you're supposed cannot, you, be strong and you handle it.
0: Yeah, strong and tough, and like right? you can't show emotion because you're like, a fucking man. Your like
1: boy pants. you can do it. Yeah, yeah. like and it, it's
0: really sad because, like, I mean, they're going through the same loss that I, I experienced, and something that Jason said to me, um, when I like when I went through my miscarriage with him, that he felt really more sad. For me because he he couldn't concept it at that time because I didn't even know I was pregnant I just was bleeding everywhere okay and they're like so it's an atopic pregnancy and we gotta you're gonna die we need to get this out of you like now yeah right so like I when I told him that like he was in shock and we cried together but like to me I was more upset because I had already had one that I had more strings attached to if that, yeah, does that make sense? It does. Because like, like, I named her, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's the difference.
1: So because you had gotten to a point and you knew what was happening and it started yeah. to be a lot more real when you don't know. I'm not saying that it's any less for anybody in that situation, Yeah. but it is a, a big, a big difference. Like because here's what, when- Go ahead. sorry go ahead i was gonna
0: say well hearing a heartbeat versus never hearing a heartbeat yes. is it's is a complete game changer
1: and i agree because like with our first pregnancy mm-hmm. because there was the rupturing and before they had to do a termination because we had to make that decision yeah. you know they're like oh did you know and i'm like i don't want to know what good is happening right now because i don't have that option yeah um and then like i remember trying to come to terms with that portion because like when we had gone in, like you said when you see a heartbeat and Mm -hmm. you get that connection you're like it's just it's different and I remember I thought everything was like good after I had the when I had to go through that and then like two weeks later after that I started having like severe pain and this is the only reason I knew what labor was like was because my body was contracting like two weeks after I went in for that first DNC Mm -hmm. um with my first pregnancy and um I didn't know what it was And my body, like, everybody's, like, oh, well, it's just because you went through this or went through that. And I'm like, it just doesn't seem right. My mom's like, I think it's just cramping. I'm like, I don't get a period. Yeah. My mom took me to the hospital and I remember them telling me, like, you're pregnant. I'm like, I'm not pregnant. I'm like, I just had a DNC two weeks ago. I am not pregnant. And what had happened was, is the, when they did the DNC, it wasn't 100% complete. Oh, my God. So all of the tissue and and matter from my pregnancy had gotten caught in my uterus. Oh, my God. And so when I was in there, they wanted to do an exam. And they were like, do you have something inserted, like a tampon? And I was like, no, I don't get a period. I just had a DNC two weeks ago. And Kevin walked in right as they, like, of course, my legs are up in the stirrups. And I'm sitting there. I'm in freaking so much pain. I'm grabbing onto bars. They're shooting morphine and like Demerol into my IV. Yeah. And my mom's sitting there and Kevin walks into the emergency room just as they reach. And like, he said that, and this is, this is very like, I'm going to say this right now. This is very graphic. Yeah. He walked in to see basically two cups, probably like whatever my uterus could hold of blood go everywhere because they dislodged a huge Mm -hmm. mound of what and and what was our kids and that's horrible to say but that's what it was that was what really mentally took me over the edge after that first one because you know you struggle with infertility and you go through that and you think you're getting past that hurdle and it happens so I understand like you go in there and you're bleeding you don't know what's going on and then you have I know ectopic pregnancies can be extremely dangerous Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine like even though you didn't know you were pregnant when you went in there that's not a lot of time to process
0: no like it it was literally like I was in there for like a couple like hours and they're like yep so like because I got I got rushed through really quickly because like like you could literally like put my hands under and collect the blood like it was pouring pouring out and they're like yep so this, this is it and this is what we're gonna do, and I'm like, okay. And they did it, and I like, I went home, and I sat in the tub with the water as cold as I could possibly handle, it. and I cried for about an hour. And Jason sat on the sorry, I'm getting emotional on the other side, no, nice. and um, we didn't say a word to each other because we didn't actually know what to say. If that makes yeah, sense. There's
1: nothing to say. To there, that,
0: there so. was nothing to say, and I just looked at him and I just kept saying I was sorry. That's all I just kept saying. It's like I'm I'm really sorry.
1: I think it's a natural reaction. I mean, it wasn't yeah. something that you did, but I get it. You feel like it's something that you did wrong. And I'm getting yeah. emotional. So if we're both crying best <laughs> and we're I both crying, we're mess, both crying at this point. Oh um, um, yeah. I, mean, I just it's hard. Like you try. I mean, I want to say I don't know what your situation is, and I'm gonna ask you that in a minute, but I said yeah. I'm asking you. I'm asking you questions. That, that's that's fine. <laughs> um, so my friend A good friend of mine growing up I always thought like her and her boyfriend were together from the time we were like 19. Yeah. And I was always concerned like they had unprotested sex every time they had sex for years Mm -hmm. years. I mean a decade and she never got pregnant ever got pregnant. Yeah. And like they were married for like five years again and they she never but as like a, like a, I say like a sunshine to anybody going through this, like where I, and I know she didn't do fertility. She didn't do anything. I don't know what her lady problems were, if there were any. Yeah. They just got really lucky for 15 years. I don't know about that. Um, but she does now have. Yeah. And they're like in, uh, third grade and like, they're a lot younger than my kids. Um, but like, I feel like like with your situation is it that they think that you might have or is it because of like POS PCOS POS Ah, (laughs) really really getting there um or like do you have like cyst issues like
0: so it's ovarian cysts that are it's like the number one problem right now is they're getting really big so, like in December, okay. it was eleven centimeters. So I had one side that was eleven centimeters, and then on the other side, I had a five
1: centimeter cyst.
0: No, 11 they
1: follicular cysts, or are they just, oh, like they're not they follicular; cyst? like
0: they're they're just like fluid. It's just basically okay excess fluid that, like, my body was just like, um, uh, what can I, what's what's the word I'm trying? to say? Collecting, and then they would just get to the point where they would burst. You're looking and at me are like, are they
1: a, caused by something? Like, are they being caused by an underlying issue? They're
0: caused by hormones. So, I produce mm. too much estrogen for my own good.
1: Look, see, you could have given me some estrogen. I totally would have totally given you good, some estrogen. And I'd be good. And then, look, we solve all the problems. There. Right. So <laughs> I I produce too much estrogen okay.
0: or I could go the opposite route I could produce not enough. It's not regulated. And okay. the only way to really do that is being on birth control. Um I was put on birth control at a really young age because okay. I was a dancer and you can't, you know, God forbid, you know, yeah. Do anything. So
1: Want to make sure um, everything stays the same way.
0: Yeah, so that like I was put on Yaz, which completely like destroyed me because they didn't have enough studies about Yaz. So that okay. was like the literally birth control that they did that. So that really destroyed everything kind of down there and kind of it didn't stunt it in any way, shape, or form, but it kind of like accelerated it faster. Okay. So like I had like like full set of like hundred percent period ovaries. Like by the time I was like sixteen, like okay. I was like. Like I had the ovaries of like a 23 year old, like I, I was, oh, like I, I they were older, like they were mature. Okay. And I also did a lot of drugs when I was younger. So that also played a huge factor in to my ovarian health as well. Because See, that
1: amazes drugs. me when you say that too, because like, I look at that and like in a female body versus a male body. And like my husband, Kevin, yeah. when we started the fertility, he was concerned because he did heavy drugs for yeah. years you know he yeah. had coke he did mm-hmm. mescaline he did like special k ecstasy yeah. you know he drank soda all the time he did everything they tell you not to do and like it did not affect it affected him in a negative 100 percent and i kid you not like he had double the amount of sperm than a normal person right i, th- I think I just... they swam faster than the average person and i was like how is that and I know I shouldn't say how is that fair but like I've got like him who's like an overproducing yeah person and me who's like an infertile mess
0: (laughs) right and it gets frustrating and then like obviously I lost Lex and then they're like they put me under a microscope and they're like okay so like you're like you're gonna be fine like you're gonna be okay and then I had another miscarriage when I was like I said like 24 and they're like, okay, like, this isn't good, like, don't mind me
1: asking, yeah, what caused your first miscarriage,
0: uh,
1: what caused the first miscarriage, yeah,
0: uh, she just, she killed, like, I was, she took everything from me, okay, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I was, like, 100 pounds soaking wet, like, I used to have abs, um, I was super pregnant, and you didn't even know I was pregnant,
1: Like, like, I had no belly. Could you not eat? Were you sick? Oh my right?
0: God. I had severe morning sickness. Yeah. Um, I lost 40 pounds while yeah, I was that's,
1: that's what I'm saying. Because like with the twins pregnancy. Yeah. They did. They. Because I was constantly sick. I was constantly sick. And I was dehydrated and malnourished. And I'd be in the hospital. Because mm-hmm. they. Thankfully though. I was. I was overweight when I got pregnant with them. So that might have been my saving grace. Like uh, you were small. already. Yeah. Like, I was like 210 pounds. And when I got out of my pregnancy with them, I was 180. So
0: I started at about 120 and I weighed about 89, uh, oh, eight wow. seven, no, 79 pounds. Like, I was oh, completely wow. sticking. Like, she destroyed me. Um, and then her heart stopped.
1: Oh, man. And she was blue. So, yeah. I wish I could hug you. I'm hugging That's you. That's okay. It's,
0: right it's, uh, been it'll be 10 years this year so that's still that's it's hard I was 20 I was really hard and her dad didn't want anything
1: the 20s are such a freaking time in your life that right and her dad wanted nothing to do with
0: her I actually dumped me (laughs) when I told him um and I was gonna be a single mom I was putting myself through school um yeah, it was really rough. I worked at McDonald's, so I got a lot of stereotype like, oh, you're young and pregnant oh, yeah. and you're at McDonald's. Um, but again, I didn't really look pregnant because I was so skinny and I remember the day after she was gone, um I had abs again. <laughs> like I had no stomach. I had nothing.
1: It was like, like I, it didn't exist, but you knew it, it did
0: Yeah, exactly. people like had no idea. And I kept it a I kept it a secret for a very long time.
1: Like, a very long time. I didn't tell a soul until... I have such empathy for you in that situation because that had to have mm-hmm. eaten you up. Yes. Inside, having to keep that to yourself and, like, mm-hmm. feeling like you needed to keep that to yourself, that is a moment in your life when you should have had somebody there... Yes. ...to support you It's right. that. Like, it that's was... an integral thing. Like, that could break you mentally. I mm-hmm. think anybody... It
0: really did. Like I wasn't close to my family at that point because they weren't set they weren't happy of like how it was played out. I'll say that to say the least. Um, that was when I really focused on this is my second chance in life. Yeah. That that's how I looked at it. I had done, I've been at a rehab. I was just, I was putting myself through school. And I'm like, okay, like this is where I'm I Everyone had like the best time in college. I had the my best time in high school. college. I had my head down working. Yeah. I didn't start to have fun until two months before I met my now fiance Jason. Before that, like I had my head down. I was always continuously working. I was so like I, it's so disgusting to say this now, but I'm so thankful that like I wasn't a mom at twenty because I wasn't gonna be ready. And I think about all the time, I'm like, I, like her, like her father would constantly always be in my life. I wouldn't have been able to move to the city I live in. I wouldn't have been able to do the opportunities. And I know that's so gross to say out
1: loud because like, we're talking about like a a child that's not here, but I don't think it's gross to say out loud though, because like I can look at, I mean, I'll look at anything and I'll be the first one to tell you that as much as everything we went through with infertility, yeah, it's horrible and gut-wrenching if we would have had those first babies if that would have worked out kevin and i would not be together now we would have been divorced within the first year you Mm -hmm. know and i think that you know i am a firm believer i mean i know and it sounds people might hear this and be like oh god how can you think this way but i do believe whether it's good or bad, everything in your life happens for a reason. Yes. Though at the time that it happens, we may not understand why, we will see why later on in our lives. Yes. Like I really see that every day when I look at the kids and I look at everything that my hormone situation has caused for my body, my mental health and everything, and I look where I am now and at 44 years old, I am living my best life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm meeting great people like you you know I have my husband and I and we have a really good relationship and it's probably stronger now than it's ever Mm -hmm. been on an intimate level on every level that we've had my kids are growing up we got really lucky and they're amazing and I couldn't imagine my life without them yeah but everything happens for a reason and what you went through it's not disgusting to say you're not saying that you're happy it happened no you know you're not saying that you're so glad that what you're saying is is in hindsight Mm -hmm. the universe knew yeah what you were capable of and and what you weren't capable of
0: yeah exactly and I I think that's like it's a a way I look at it now like this is like the first like the last couple years since I've been doing rose chronicles I actually finally had closure because I got to tell her story. Like I got okay. to I got to like make whatever she wanted. The, the life that I couldn't give to her,
1: but I made the best. See now life. it makes more sense. Now yes. Rose Chronicles makes a lot more sense. Yes. Although it's probably gonna make me cry even more now.
0: <laughs> Cause like there were but, scenes that like I would like I she went dress shopping and stuff. And like I know that like that's something that like I'll never get to experience. But like I got to tell it in Rose
1: Chronicles of being like, okay. You know, i didn't I get to have, have that when moment. it comes to that though i yeah. look at like my kids now and i always say like the two pregnancies i had prior to them were both triplet pregnancies right when yeah. one was the blighted ovum and the other one was the other situation and i always say that that was really just the three kids i have now and mason did not want to show up with his brothers <laughs> i do believe yeah. That some things come full circle, and I do believe that there will come a time when you and Jason do have a child or have children. Yes, and I do believe that you will. And again, this is my belief. Maybe I don't know if everybody looks at this way, but I do believe that you will get her back. Maybe not the same, but that That's same right. Sense, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I look at Mason and I look at Liam and Noah, and I know. In my heart of hearts, the reason why I handled losing six babies is because I look at them and know that they're the three babies that have tried to come this many times. Mm -hmm. And I did end up getting them, maybe not the way I thought, but that goes with that whole positive thing where when you're looking out and you're trying to put that stuff in the universe, you don't realize what you're bringing to yourself until you take a look and step back.
0: Yeah. Well, that was like, that's so sweet. And like, I, like, I'm so thankful that you were able to have kids and it's an inspiration of getting the, everybody I've talked to that, cause they're like, Oh, like my friend's cousin, they said that they couldn't have kids and they all, they gave up and then lo and behold, they have kids. Like it's, it's, it's more common. I think you kind of just get trapped in your head being like, I just can't do this. Like you can't, like, why am I even trying? I can't. And
1: And, I think that blocks you too, right? Yes. it automatically you're pulling that to yourself what is it kevin said to me one time your your worries and thoughts are just your brain feeding you the stories that mm-hmm. like it's making up the stories that you're the most like scared of like it's just like your imagination and he said it in a probably better poetic way than i'm trying to put it <laughs> But like, I think like a lot of women that, and men too, like you get wrapped up in that and mm-hmm. it's your only thought. And like, I think you can stress your body out into kind of just shutting down. Like, yes. Dude, I want to do this. Like, why are we doing this? What's, what's the point of doing this?
0: <clears throat>
1: but I, that's something like, have they said to you like that they think that it will cause a problem or is there a way that they can do like a smaller version? Like, I know, like I was on a birth control called Low Overall, which is still around and it is literally the lowest dose of like, birth control you can get, right?
0: Yeah, like there like there are things and uh, sorry, I, sorry, I didn't mean oh, to cut you off. Um, I have a big meeting with I my OBGYN next month. Actually, by the time this podcast comes out, I've already gone. Um, And we're going to talk about, like next steps of they need to from the last time when I when I saw the doctor they're like your ovaries are bruised from the amount of cysts that you've had from over the years like the damage that's been done it's it's not aversible like they like they like they can't say no you can't like 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 Jen you can have kids they're like it's gonna be a struggle I think they're more concerned of can I keep them Will there will there be health effects? Will the will I have cysts while I'm pregnant? Will that affect the pregnancy? Will like it? It there's just a lot of if, maybe's and buts. So I don't I don't have the whole like nope you can't. It's just the more like well I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's you could what- try.
0: Um, and like, see we how it
1: goes.
0: and we tried throughout the pandemic and like most of it, like we tried for like 16 months and it was really, tr- it was triggering to me because like, we were like telling our family because like, obviously the first time I was pregnant, like my family wasn't really supportive when I was trying this time, holy shit, they were calling me like every other day.
1: Oh being, yeah. I like. Bet
0: like, how's it going? Is your, like, are you doing okay? Because they were making up for their wrongdoings 10 yeah. years
1: ago. Right. So they wanted to feel better about themselves.
0: Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but like, but I will say, like, I said that like, they, they sent me pregnancy tests. Cause like, like at this time I was making 75% of my pay and like stuff was really expensive. Like they were sending me pregnancy tests. They were sending me prenatal vitamins. Like they, like they did everything that they could. And I, and I really did appreciate it, but like, it was so disheartening, like every month to like take a pregnancy test and see the negative signs. I used to, I used to get so excited. I'd be like, oh, okay. So like my period's like, it's supposed to come tomorrow, but I don't feel it. Okay. It's like, and I would take it and I would just like cry. Cause I, 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 cause at that point I was like, I want kids. Like, this is something that I really want. And then like, I just kept getting deflated and like i know like we've talked about like the men's side of it but like like they like they're like oh like we don't ask men but like for women it's it's our hormones man like i would just sit there and feel like like you've said like even with talk of like less as a woman of being like well what the fuck's wrong like i feel be, like, like there's
1: i don't mean to interrupt you but i was gonna say i don't feel like there's anything worse than feeling incomplete as a woman while your body's raging with hormones yes making you crazy right because you're like what is going on
0: right like they're like I'm like I like I did the I bought the stupid ovulation tests that are expensive and it's just it's just not working and I'm like like I can't have like I can't just like it'd be like 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 planning your sex like it's like the least romantic sex out there yeah you're just like I'm just a whole fill me and I'm your cream donut for the day like (laughs) you're like what are
1: you're like ooh, baby let's let's lay down like you feel like should we get a baster at this point like yeah
0: like I, it would probably save time and just be like right? it's more
1: effective like let's go and
0: I mean and, and that would cause frustration because I'd be like okay like we have to have sex this day this day and this day and right and the pr- pr- to G- pressure got to Jason and was like I don't know if I can and then I'd get frustrated I'm like well like what do you mean you can't like like this is like our fucking window for this month and We were trying, we were planning a wedding still. And I like my goal, and I will still say this I did not want to be pregnant for the wedding. I'm paying a lot of money for this day, and I want to drink. I don't want to be constantly peeing or like my dress doesn't fit. Like, I like there, it just to like there were things I wanted, and pregnancy was not part of it or just going through postpartum. I've gone through postpartum and and it's awful. And yeah. I just didn't want to do with like deal with that while trying to like get married and have like the happiest day of my life, right? So like it was just like so deflating. And I said to Jason, I think it was like last September. And I, I won't even say I was I was so self-taught, like self-um sabotaging because I'd be like, okay, so like we're ovulating like, these days, but, like, I'd be, like, oh, he's busy, like, whatever, I guess it's not pregnant this month, whatever, one step closer to not even stop, and then, uh, like, trying it, and then, like, at the end, I just said, you know what, like, we'll we'll try after the wedding, and honestly, like, right now, like, my, like, a lot of my friends have just had babies, and I'm fun Aunt Jen, but, like, I can honestly sit here and tell you that, like, I am so far away from wanting a kid right now, like, it's insane, like I like I love my 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 best friend's son. I like he's so cute, and she's like, I want a second. Doesn't he make you want one? And like maybe at the beginning when he was like a sack of potatoes, I was like, yeah, yeah, like, you're
1: like fine,
0: yeah. But like when they get older and you like they're no longer sacks of potatoes and you're running around constantly and I don't know, it just. I mean, I, I'm being selfish. I'm it's honestly not being, being selfish.
1: selfish though because you want to be able to give your kids. Whatever you can. Yeah. And if you're not there on that level, that's hard to do. Like, we didn't end up having our kids until I was in my late 20s and Kevin was in his early 30s. Yeah. You know, and like my friend Jackie, the when I was telling you about, I mean, she was in her mid-30s before she, you know, had her kids. I mean, there isn't anything wrong with saying that although you want children, it's yeah. been a struggle. And yes. And it is, the it is, struggle is real. And sometimes yes. you need to take a life break and just... Yes live your life and that's when things happen exactly that's when things happen like when Kevin and I made that jump into doing the fertility again we were at a point at that time yes we jumped into it probably I mean like at a time we might not have done it when we did it for the times they worked yes um but it was a better time than when we started when we were in our early 20s I mean I was 23 when we were going the first time as a young I mean I think it was Mm -hmm. because my friends had kids and a lot of things seemed like you did it because everybody else was doing, doing it. it. You may want it. Right. But maybe not right now. Like you said, like you are enjoying other people's kids. Yeah. While you're figuring out what's going on with the inside of your body and what hormonally your body wants to do for you.
0: It, exactly. Because I said to Jason, I'm like, if I have another miscarriage, this is it. I'm done. Like we're going to, we like, we're both agreeing that like, we're fine with adoption. Like for the first time in my life, I've agreed to be a. It could be a surrogate or an egg donor. It doesn't have to physically be my kid, to be my kid.
1: Well, does not need to be my egg? Kid, it's well, your, you know your your stuff and his stuff going in. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I mean like getting an egg donor and also okay. getting a surrogate. Like just Do you not.
1: Think that that's a problem though for you, like the like the ovulation part of it.
0: I don't. Yeah, I've had, I've been told I've had bent eggs. I've had cracked eggs. I've had fine eggs. I've had small eggs. I've had big eggs. I- no one can tell me yeah. a definitive answer about it's an my unknown. eggs.
1: unknown. And I it's- do feel your pain there because like I said, I'm 44 and I still do not yeah. have a definitive answer as to what my infertility is what I could do at this point to make my body nicer to me because of the infertility. Yeah. It's a crapshoot battle. Oh, um, yeah. Now, when you said, the, they talked about like, if you were to get pregnant and like if there was still a cyst issue. I know that my mom had a, a uh, ovarian cyst when she was pregnant with me. Yeah. Um, And they kept monitoring it. know this is like the late 70s, so they didn't have as much as they've got going on now. Um, But like, after she had me, that was when her cyst ruptured um mm-hmm. so like I don't know how they can keep track of that like now if that's like an issue or if maybe like you get into a point because your body is ready or uh, the time yeah. you do maybe your body is going to do exactly what it needs to do then
0: it, exactly because like everyone keeps asking me they're like so like what's going to happen and I'm like nobody knows because I haven't had a successful pregnancy yeah. With an ovarian cyst attached. I don't it's know.
1: It's hard. It's hard to give an answer on that. Like it's like, like I said, like in any of the pregnancies I've had, like it was a big consensus that no one even knew if I was going to be able to carry a pregnancy when you have trouble getting pregnant. Yeah. That's just your first step. And I don't think people realize that like, yeah, once people get pregnant who have had problems, whether it's been years of trying and they get pregnant or this, mm-hmm. that, or the other thing, people automatically like once you're pregnant are like oh we're out of the woods but that's just the beginning that's that's literally what i keep saying i'm like i've had i've
0: lost a child on kind of more both ends of it being sooner like but didn't even know to further along yeah like i said to jason like we are not telling anybody until i am alive and the baby's alive on the outside yeah it's going to be a secret and he, like he's like 100 i agree you're
1: gonna be like clear simon She kept her pregnancy secret until, like, the eighth month. Yeah.
0: I'll literally be in midst podcast. Be like, yeah, guys, I gotta go. My water broke. Right. My water broke. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm pregnant. It's fine. Uh, But I want to keep it a secret because telling somebody I've had a miscarriage and, like, I've said, like, the face, like, Mm -hmm. I just sparing, I guess it's more sparing me feeling embarrassed of having to tell people but it's also sparing them being like not knowing what to say
1: well it's that that they feel sorry yeah and you don't want people to feel sorry for you yes they were tragic events that happened yeah you are going through things right now and trying to figure out if this will work or if there's things that they can do yeah outside sources When they don't know enough about infertility or the things that are going on, I think that they are trying to be supportive the best way that they know how. Yeah. But infertility is one thing that I really believe that it's hard for anyone to understand unless they've directly been affected by it. Whether Mm -hmm. it's like a miscarriage or due to hormone problems or just a miscarriage in general or struggling on the freaking struggle bus to get pregnant like it's just like my friend that I was telling you about that her and her uh husband were together for like decades before they had kids yeah. her mom had no problems having like getting pregnant with her brother yeah. and it took them 10 years to get pregnant with her mm-hmm. and they had multiple miscarriages in between like it, yeah. it, it, oh wait my sister-in-law when she had my niece she had to do clomid yeah because like my bro- my brother had issues yeah i guess um so she took clomid but literally like 5 or 6 months after she had my niece she got pregnant yeah. with my second niece or maybe not maybe like a year and she had no problems so yeah. she had primary infertility originally but then after that kid she had no problems whatsoever it's like it's so random. It's like
0: roll the dice. Being yeah. like, "Oh, like you're going to go 6 years without of having a kid. Bam, we're going to throw three with three kids." But, you know, exactly. Uh, bef- uh, one final like one final thought that I I want to talk about before we wrap up this podcast is I want to talk about miscarriages and how fucking common they are. Oh god. Because yeah. they're so common and no one's talking about them. In my last office, there was one male owner and four women. Three out of the four women had had a miscarriage.
1: I think what's scary, too, about yeah. miscarriages is that half the time, women don't even know they're having them. Yes. They think that it's a very heavy period or, yeah, you know, something like it's just off. And, like, that is scary in itself because mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of women out there who don't even realize that they've had miscarriages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Oh it's 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 so we- like it's
0: weird to think about it like that because you're like how would because like this the karen answers how do you not know and the guys yeah. are like how do you know? you don't especially if you no. have a heavy flow like yeah if i showed you because I, I was earlier this month i had a cyst burst and oh, oh. my god it was it's, i should have gone to the hospital i didn't i was just being greedy because they were just gonna get me morphine but the <laughs> fluid got trapped and like the fluid, the fluid gets trapped in my body Okay. If it's really big. Like, where is it going to go?
1: Yeah. It's just sitting there.
0: It's just sitting there. So it, it eventually will make its way down and it'll come out. Oh yeah. So were pleasant. No, well, I'm just sitting there and I'll, I'll just be sitting on the toilet or in the shower. And like the cyst fluid's just flowing out of me.
1: Yeah. You're like, this is great. This is like water breaking, but no baby, you know, yeah. it's like those things. Right. I, I, my mom, because of, like, they found out when they did a hysterectomy and everything when she had her stage 4 cervical cancer. Yeah. um, That she had severe endometriosis. Like, her, uteri- her uterus was, like, stuck to other parts. Yeah. um, And, like, it was weird because for as long as I could remember, my mom was always, like, uber heavy flow. Like, hospital pad flow. Yeah. Like, double hospital pads. Her and my sister were always the same way. And, like, you know, my nan used to tell me that I brought things upon myself. This again goes to the universe because like when my sister went through puberty and started doing that stuff, I was like, I don't ever want boobs. I don't ever want a period. I don't ever want to go through this crap. And what happened? I I didn't get a period and I didn't get those, you know, Yeah. my sister, you know, but it's like, you don't think about like, what, what your body is doing on the inside that you don't even know about. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what is creepy. Like when I went, the hospital in December and they were like you, yeah. you have a, you have an ovarian cyst I'm like how do I have an ovarian cyst yeah well because I told them, I said it feels like I'm like ovulating but I don't ovulate and they're like oh well you were right you're ovulating you have a, a follicular cyst I'm like I don't ovulate I don't have a period I don't shed uterine lining I don't do any of it so please give me a medical reason why I have a follicular cyst on my ovary that was, like, seven millimeter, Centimeters? It, it, centimeter. It was, like, almost as big as my ovary because my ovaries are tiny. Yes. And, like, it didn't go away. It was still there when I went, like, the following month having pains, but I had pancreatitis, which is stupid. Um, and they were, like, well, I said I was in for a cyst. They're, like, well, you still have a cyst. And the only reason they found the cyst originally was because they did, like, a CAT scan on my abdomen yeah and but again i'm like the the, the female yeah. body is like i don't know now have they suggested that you see an endocrinologist i think that's something that in
0: july might okay. be the net well, might be the next step because at the, at this point they're like you're a prime candidate for a hysterectomy and i was like yes get these fucking ovaries out of me. I understand the risks that go involved, but I cannot live with the pain. So like I got my period today, which is awesome. Mm. And by awesome, it's terrible. (laughs) Um, I have already taken a T3, four Advil, two Midol, and I'm still in about a seven out of 10 out of pain right now. Uh. And I would say a seven is low. I would say like last month when I knew I I was going to have a cyst burst because I was in so much pain. I average about an 18 out of 10 for pain. I can't stand. I can't sleep. I can't walk. I can't move. And the pain will last 18 to 20 hours straight. Oh, Jesus. Imagine like, like the highest pain level you can imagine. Double that. For eighteen to twenty hours, and I like again, I can't sit down because I'm in pain. I literally will will walk, like I'm going to go to bed early tonight because it's not guaranteed that I'm not going to wake up at one in the morning in chronic pain from one a.m. to two p.m. tomorrow. That's that that's going to happen. I know it, and I'll be taking so many drugs.
1: Have you tried then... naproxen? Pardon? My mom used to take naproxen. Okay. Because I've, it was a muscle relaxer, so it would l- lower her cramping. Yeah. I think, like, the over-the-counter is a leave, but, like, she would get prescription naproxen, like, 500 milligrams from her doctor. So Yeah, because so. She'd be the same as you. She'd be freaking chowing down on pain stuff, trying to yeah. get rid of the pain.
0: Um, they actually gave me morphine. They're, they, I have prescribed morphine to take it, but I can not take morphine while
1: I'm at work yeah that's that's not functional
0: no it's it's not right so I'm like okay well there's nothing I can do like I found the perfect cocktail is two 12-hour Advil's and a mitol every four hours and I because I was saying my OBGYN I'm like you're not concerned with the amount of liver damage I'm doing and they're like, well, your liver seems fine for now. You're young. I'm like, yeah, but if I keep doing this for another 20 years, while well, I have my ovaries, we're going to have problems.
1: Yeah, that is a problem. And there has to come a point, and I think it's another thing with any infertility or any hormone problem, Yeah, is there has to come a point where your body has to come first because yes. what good are you going to be if you're not around? Or what good are you going to be if you got freaking fatty liver disease because of all the junk you had to take? You know what I mean? I mean, like, you can only do so much. And I hate saying that when we're talking about, you know, trying to be positive and (laughs) and infertility and things. But I, anybody who's human, anybody has a limit. There has to be a limit. And I just, like, I just want to put it out there for any woman or any man with hormone problems or infertility Mm -hmm. problems that it's okay to have a limit yes And there are things that we want in life and again if you've done everything you can if you've done everything in a medical way you can in a science in a scientific way that you can to try to reach those goals and your body just isn't doing it Mm -hmm. you can and again I think a lot of people might think this is easy for me to say because I do have kids of my own now Mm -hmm. but it wasn't without difficulty and it wasn't without trauma and if we wouldn't have gotten to that point we would have still ended up being parents maybe not the way that we thought we would be parents yeah but I think that anybody who is motivated enough and is open-minded enough that when they realize that there is a point in your physical and emotional and mental full being that you need to stop listen to those cues and don't feel like you're less of a person because yeah. you couldn't naturally make another human being. Yeah, I mean there's been babies made in test tubes for crying out loud. I mean there's surrogate options. I know that yeah. any option is an expensive option, but infertility is expensive and not just on a monetary note. It's expensive and like we said, emotionally, it's expensive mm-hmm. mentally, it's expense physically, you're spending every ounce you can. So mm-hmm. when you look at the ends to the means, there are other options. They're still going to be expensive and everything to somebody with any infertility or homeowner problems that are having, trying to have babies or going through miscarriages and going through the struggle. If you look at what you are going through and, and, and what you could still be going through you become more open-minded to the other options that are out there because i feel like once you have an infertility problem or a hormone problem automatically it's like tunnel vision and it's like well i can't i gotta have a baby i gotta have a baby i don't want to adopt i don't want to do this all Mm -hmm. the things that you were open to before you had an infertility problem or before you started trying to have kids all of a sudden seems like it's a zero because only one thing is going to make you a parent. Yeah. But I think that we all learn at one point in time that it takes more than just hearts A and B yep. to get C, you know?
0: I could not agree more. And I think that is a perfect place to cap off this podcast. Mimi, I want to say thank you so much for coming on here and thank you for sharing your story. Of course. I mean, we need to talk about these things. Yes. We need to, because if you look on Instagram or TV shows that everything is amazing and you're like, look at my amazing pregnancy. Like it's so awesome. And like, we had no belly like, Oh my God. Like we had no problems. my husband blew in my ear and I'm pregnant. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I thought about, (laughs) I thought that I was going to get pregnant and then we had sex once and I'm pregnant and it's twins and it's our, and it's a boy and a girl and it's our dream family. And I can't wait. Like, it's just like, I'm tired of that bullshit.
1: Yeah. You want to like, it's just, you just want to puke all over it. You do puke all over it.
0: Right? And it makes me like, oh, you're not happy for us? No, I am happy for you. But, like, for the rest of us fucking mere mortals trying to get pregnant or trying to navigate everything and more stressed, and they're like, we don't get it because it was the perfect pregnancy. And you're like, on the other side, you're like, mm, I can't even get pregnant or
1: can't even try to right? get pregnant or I can't even afford to try. Well, and that is, like, isn't that, like, the rub right there, too, right? Like, yeah. Like, things are so, like, they cover all these things, but when it comes to, like, the, the the baby is it's like well it's gonna be really expensive you know it's okay that your neighbor is like you know having unprotected sex with like five different people and having babies all over the place but yep. for you we're gonna give you the special deal of paying three thousand dollars every 14 days you know it's like mm, right it's, hard. it's or, hard to swallow
0: right or just like this I, I keep getting this ad and i've reported it so many times it's from a psychic and it's a message and it's like are you wanting a girl well you'll be pregnant by like November 18th 2024 but call me and I can go oh, yeah. to the right t- and I'm just sitting and I'm like there are people that are so desperate out there and they'll do it and to me that is the lowest form of scum it was a prying on uh, a couple trying to have a baby
1: okay my mom used to go to psychics all the time when I was trying to get pregnant and they'd be like oh she's gonna have a girl and this is gonna happen or blah 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 and I was like you know every psychic you went to was wrong not that I don't believe that psychics are real I yes. firmly believe that there are real ones but it's the ones that are just like you said that add that it, that irritates me like Why are you putting an ad out like that? Because there are women and men who are extremely desperate and they're like, they are going to firmly believe what people are saying. Like, oh, call me and I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen when you're going to get pregnant, what you need to do. Yeah. Well, if you have that ability, then you should be a doctor and you should be going to making your money there because.
0: Exactly. Not being a fucking psychic. Well, (laughs) I could keep going, but we should probably (laughs) cap this off. Um maybe thank you so much for coming here today this is usually a spot where i let people plug things do you have anything you want to
1: plug you know not not really i don't i really enjoy this podcast though i would do one of these real life ones anytime yes they, of course like like you said this is stuff that people need to talk about whether it's infertility or drug use or whatever the positivity that you bring to yourself kind of like you know i think it's great and i love that again like like everything that you do you like bring a really great positivity and a great light to it and I think that what you're doing with this like I guess I'm plugging I'm plugging you oh my gosh (laughs) because I think that you took like something you were doing and now you're adding like the real life portion to it and like Mm -hmm. I think that this is great like I've never got to do an infertility talk with anybody because everybody gets really uncomfortable talking to me about infertility and um I just, I really, I'm going to plug you hard here. Like, I just think that you're, this is going to be a big thing because I think you're just going to have a whole bunch of topics and a whole bunch of people that are really going to help start. Like, this is where it starts. This is Mm -hmm. where it starts to make a difference. The people who are going to listen to this can hear our banter and our, our sad moments and be like, you know what? It is normal. It's not, not normal and Mm -hmm. I think that's what's great like about these podcasts that you're adding into the mix and like making like a staple is that people are going to start looking at this stuff and not just see it as like a status quo or like a faux pas that you can't talk about Mm -hmm. like I hope that anybody that listens to this gets something out of it Mm -hmm. other than just feeling like crap about themselves because they think that there's something wrong with them
0: well, Mimi, you're going to be crying over here. This is why I love you. And you can come on like every podcast. I need to keep you in my pocket. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Anytime. Anytime I'm free, you know that I love doing podcasts with you. It's always fun. Well, thank you so much for that very sweet message. And I just thank you for sharing your story with me because that is just, and that's another thing. Like you're not afraid to share that. And I think that that's a big thing. So thank you for sharing your story with me too today.
0: Well, Thank you. I just, I want to spread as much information and I hate, I, I mean, I plug other podcasts and yeah. one. please go listen to the OBGYN one that would would have came out last week. I sat down, I talked to her, it's like an hour and a half conversation. And I asked her questions that a 10 year old would ask her because I took this as an opportunity that a lot of people don't get to go see an OBGYN because they're so coveted and you have to get a specialist or yeah. do something wrong. I wanted to ask those questions that either we were too afraid to ask or we don't even get the opportunity to ask because we can't afford to go see one or we don't have the opportunity to go see one. Yeah. So please go check out that podcast. But um, the one thing I always tried in this series is to be real, to have real conversations and to let people know that they're not alone in their struggles that someone else is going through it and we can get through it together. But the only way we can get through it together is if we are talking about the issues and instead of hiding them in a closet, because it just fucking eats you alive of just keeping secrets. And I'm really excited where this podcast is going to take me. It's, it's brand new. Like we're, I think this is like our, my 10th or 11th episode now. And I'm just really excited to see how it's been going so far. And I will talk about any topic. I'm literally hosting one in a couple of weeks about Barbie movies, but like, again, it's something for everybody. Exactly. Or or you could point, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Mimi, I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure. You have become such a dear friend of mine um, in the last couple of months. You inspire me to be the best version of myself every day to how positive you are. And I'm so happy that Sass introduced us because you have better my life for the rest of my
1: life. I love you. You have done the same for me. I just, I couldn't, like, without you and Sass, it's just, it's been, like, amazing. It's been amazing. So, and I'm going to get teary again. So here, that we can end it on the teary. I know, up. we can
0: end it on some <laughs> tears. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming here today. Okay, I really. have nothing to plug for you, uh, but please go check out... Um, Mimi, she's absolutely amazing. Um, if you want to check her out, <laughs> uh, do you at least want to plug your sim stuff while we're Yeah, no,
1: uh, it's fine. You know, like you can check me out at Maliki oh god, I can't even <laughs> Maliki star underscore sim stories. Um, I always have a wonderful array of of subjects with my sims on there. So... <laughs> that is a good place to start. I'm still working on the the YouTube possibility, but we're not sure yet. Not sure yet. (laughs) Do
0: it when you're ready because doing (laughs) YouTube is a beast, but please go check out Mimi. The link is going to be below. And thank you so much for coming here today and being brave and sharing your story with everybody.
1: Oh, anytime, love, anytime.
0: Well, have a great rest of your night. You too. Bye. Bye.